Welcome to Womb Talk. I am your host, Elizabeth Vanderwilt, the owner and founder of Fruitful Womb Doula Services. With Womb Talk, we like to go over some different topics that are acceptable for all audiences. We are not a medical professional, so anything said is based off of research and the training we were taught. Anyone that has fascination for anything fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum related, it's a wide range of subjects that are at your fingertips. Don't forget to check us out on some other social media platforms, as we're on Facebook and Instagram. Let's start talking, shall we? I'm going to give a little warning here to everyone who's taking a listen that this may be a trigger to some as it is a bit of a mental health journey that did go a little dark at times. So if you're taking a listen and this is something that you may not be able to, I'm more than okay if you leave us right now. If you decide to stay with us, thanks for listening to this. Okay, so I've talked about this a few times in the past, but I haven't really gone into too much detail. So as some people know, I have had a bit of a rough go with my own mental health journey. Sometimes I'm open about it and other times I'd rather not talk about it because I'm kind of embarrassed about it. Uh, Some people know I'm Christian and so for us a lot of talk about suicide and everything it's considered wrong and I've always had trouble with it because it's something that I almost had happened to me. So as some people know, I've talked about it, like I said, a little bit before, but when I was 14 years old, I started getting really bad depression. I was surprised by it when the time was actually happening because I was so active in volunteering and it made me feel good about myself, that I was helping other people in the time. At that time, I was helping at a senior home and I was adored, I'd say, by a lot of people. I had lots of friends from it and I was happy about it. But when it came to my own mental health, it wasn't going that good. I always felt discouraged about how I looked. And so I tried something different. I gave up pants because when I was in school, that was something that I was told that I had to wear. Otherwise, I wouldn't be cool enough to fit in. And I, some people tell me that other people move on from it, etc. But at that time, I wasn't moving on. From a young age at school, I was bullied a lot because of how I looked. I've always been plus size and I probably always will be unless some major thing happens that I don't know about, but it just doesn't work for me to go all the nine yards. So at my point at this time in my life, I'm happy about just being, you know, calm. Like I'm okay with just getting healthy and just that's my goal is being healthy. So I don't care if I have a little bit extra poundage to me, but a lot of the people in school did. And so getting called that you're fat and you're ugly and all these things, it affected my brain waves a lot. And my mindset stayed like that even after I was pulled out. So let me think, grade three, how old would I have been then? Six, seven, eight. I would have been nine roughly at the most. Yeah, because 2009 was should have done my math sooner. Okay. So I was about nine years old when I was pulled out of the school system. So I still had so many years that this was eating me up. And with puberty, of course, your hormones are changing and you feel it even more. A lot of our bodies as women, we, it's based around our hormones. Our hormones make us feel, sometimes we feel sexier than others because we're in a good stage and we're closer near ovulation. Or sometimes we're just really not in the mood because we're coming close to our period times. So we're kind of like, all over the map, and maybe this is a little crude, but maybe we're on 50 shades of uh, period cycles for women. Am I right? (laughs) So anyway, I was 14. I was just getting puberty stuff, and it was just starting to happen that I was feeling more and more self-conscious about myself. But it didn't just stick to self-conscious. I was so surprised because I was slowly getting worse 
with not only my weight, but I didn't feel like I was worthy. Why am I spending my time volunteering at a home if no one cared? Even though I knew so many people cared, my mind was telling me other things. This caused a lot of different heartaches because I was always fighting with these two different voices in my head. As you know, one of my pet projects this year has been doing Lisa Unlocked, which just talks about the different types of people that I've always fought with, different personality spots, and no, I don't have a multiple personality disorder. But anyway, I was really so surprised that this was happening because I was like, I know these people. I've had seniors at the home telling me, you know, I'm so glad that you're here and then you talk to me and that someone will want to spend time with me because other people weren't. So I knew that that was, these were real people telling this to my face and these words were coming in, but they weren't resonating. I still was fighting with my own inner demons and I hated it so much. So anyway, here I am, I'm almost about 15, and so I've been doing it for a year, and I know things are happy, but my depression was getting worse. With my iron going down, I was getting anemic, and I wasn't doing much. I was depressed all the time. I would. I remember there was a time I was had the chance to go to a baby shower for this lady who was having triplets. She was just someone I met on the internet, and I was so happy that I was getting invited to this thing, because it was like my first adult thing, and I was super always excited about becoming an adult. And I remember laying on the couch and I remember not wanting to get up to shower. And I told mom, I just can't do it. If I get off this couch, I can't, I just can't do it. I told her and I remember it because I was crying and I just had a meltdown practically over the fact that I didn't want to go shower to go to a baby shower, even though I loved everything baby related. So why was this happening to me? I couldn't understand it even while it was happening, but it didn't just stay at that. With my not wanting to be tired, like when I was tired all the time, I wasn't wanting to do much. And even though I was putting on a smile when I went to the senior home, or I was putting on a smile when I went to my different homeschool extracurricular activities, I wasn't happy. I was nowhere near it, and I was faking it the entire time. Nighttime. It was the worst time of the day, and I dreaded going to sleep. If I did sleep, that was my problem. I couldn't go to sleep because I got to a point where I was just awake thinking, who really gives a damn if I'm still here tomorrow? I don't want to get too dark on this, but there were some really bad nights. And I remember this one time, and like I said in the beginning, this gets a little dark. But I remember this one time where I went to the kitchen, and I had a knife in my hand, and I was like, I could do it right now. I could end it all and no one would care. And then I was like, I wouldn't want to do it in the kitchen though, because if my parents had to see this in the morning, they wouldn't want to see it. So right away, my brain was already trying to fight with myself about another subject. So I went from that and I was like, well, I should do it in the closet because that way they won't find me for a while until I either smell or, you know, they need me. So it was just all these different things that were coming in my head. And I always say it to this day. And I feel so bad that it was no one else really. But it was my sister that actually was able to pull me out of my dark spot. I remember this one time because I was really wanting to go to high school. But then there was like different problems. I just didn't want to go, but I didn't want to go. But I didn't want to be bullied again. And I remember my sister when I told her I really wanted to go. I have to go because if I do, maybe I'll fit in this time. Maybe I'll be better that they'll like me now. And even though I had gained more weight at that time because I was so depressed and just wanting to eat my feelings, my sister, she had cried her eyes out in front of me. <laughs> I'm sorry, my voice is cracking because I'm tearing up a little bit. But she had told me, she's like, I can't have you go because we'll be less together. 
And so I'm sitting there in the dark holding this knife. And I'm thinking about slitting my throat. And my sister's voice comes in the back of my head. And she tells me, if you go, who's going to be there with me when I get pregnant and I have a family? Or what happens when I get married? Where will be my maid of honor that she said I would be? All these things that I was thinking about doing with her just seemed like it wouldn't happen if I was gone. So I was like, I'm not going to do it tonight. And if they, if I may, if they may need me tomorrow, then I might stick around. But if not, then I'll just go because I'll really know. And to be honest, I can't remember what happened after that. But I do remember quite a few nights where there were thoughts like this. And I was fighting with myself all the time. To be honest, I can't tell you what made it stop. I just remember we got caught up with wanting to move. And that was a big distraction for me. Most nights I was so tired of exhaustion from anything else because once we moved, I was starting to get my iron a little bit more under control. I was way more happier and excited about different things. I started volunteering at a thrift store on top of things. So I got even more excited about new activities. So the more and more I pulled away from thinking, the more I got the chance to actually live. And as I look back on it slowly more and more, I was like, holy like, excuse my language, but shit, like, I would have been gone and I could have missed so much. So every time I am spending a moment with a client, like I remember my first birth, I was like, there was a time when you may have missed this, you wouldn't have been here to see this. Or now with my dating of my boyfriend, I'm like, you may have missed this. (laughs) And so every time I think about it, I'm like, it was a good thing it didn't happen. And with my faith, they always say, you know, in our religion that suicide is wrong, etc. And so I always had a lot of problems with myself because I was like, if I had done that, who knows what would have happened. So every day I'm alive, I count it as a blessing now. And I never know what day is my last day because what happens if I get back to a really bad space? Before COVID, when it fully started, I was really scared that I would get back to a spot like that. I didn't have my volunteering anymore. I wouldn't be able to see my friends or do things with my work that would cause me that enjoyment that I had once I was getting out of my depression stage. So I was worried, what happens if I go back and I end up in that state? How can I stay positive to know that I have a tomorrow if I fight hard enough for it? And there's been a few days where I've had really bad depression sink in from it all. And I was worried, but I tell myself all the time, I'm needed. People want me. Some people may not, but that is okay because not everyone needs me. But there are people that might need me. And if I stick around, I can help those people. But if I'm gone, who will do it? So I always try to stay positive and I've been trying so hard. And sometimes you get back to that stage like, oh, no one would care if I was gone tomorrow. But then I try to think of all the people who do love me and need me and want me. And that sometimes helps. And sometimes it doesn't. And I'm sitting there thinking again. As long as I keep myself from thinking, that normally helps. But hey, we have a brain and I really wish there was a shut off time period. By the way, on a side note totally here, who wishes that there was a part of our brain that we could just like, okay, it's nighttime now. We're going to go to sleep and we're not going to think. That's what I really wish would happen you know, that that would happen. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. My screen just went black and I thought, (laughs) anyway, I'm getting distracted. So thank you for listening about my mental health journey. It's been a long road and I'm never anywhere near close to completion with it. The main point is I need to focus on staying alive. And the main thing with that is I can't let myself get to a point where I think like that again. So if this is something that happened to you or you've had problems with your mental health, please at any time, you're free to contact me. I love to talk to you about it. 
and since I can say I fight with a little bit of experience on this one, you know, nothing really helps. I tried to talk to counselors online at the same time when I was in bad moments, and it doesn't really help, so I understand. But if you feel like you could use to talk and you just want to explain it, you're more than welcome to contact me because, like I said, I kind of know. And I don't know your pain, but I knew the pain I was going through. So anyway, thank you for listening so much to this because I wanted to say it because I've had a few questions about it and talked about it in brief moments in the past. But, you know, I had a dark side-ish to me too, so it was kind of confusing. But I'm glad that I'm at this point now where it's not that bad. And if you're struggling through this, I'm so sorry. And I really, I hope you know that you are wanted. You are needed. There are people... You just have to find them. And you'll see eventually as future comes around that it's pretty exciting to see that these moments you could have been gone and could have missed, they're there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to come back next month for another one. And stay tuned for more stories about me and extra story times. Bye.